Well, on the most notable occasion of Michigan State University's College of Agriculture and Natural Resources being recently named once again as one of the top 10 colleges of agriculture and forestry in the world, yep, in the world, it is my pleasure to welcome to MSU today two very special guests, Dr. Ron Hedrick, Dean of the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources and soon to be Provost and Vice President of Academic Affairs at Texas Tech University, and Dr. Kelly Mellenbaugh, Senior Associate Dean for the College of Ag and Natural Resources, and on July 1 to take the helm of CANR as the Interim Dean. Uh, Ron and Kelly, congratulations to you both and welcome to MSU Today. Thanks, Kirk. It's nice to be here. Ron, what an honor for CNR to be among the top 10 agriculture and forestry colleges for 2021. And I'm going to try this just once. Qua Quarelli Simons or QS World University Rankings. Not for the first time either. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, more about the QS survey and the criteria used. Thanks, Kirk. Yeah, it's an honor for us to be in the top 10. We had had been 11, I think, last year, but uh, have occupied the top 10 for a while. I think if you look at where we, where we sit uh, within the U.S., we're still in the top handful of programs, always have been. I think part of what this speaks to is, you know, the rest of the world catching up somewhat as we see higher educational systems and particularly in Asia and, you know, but also some of the European uh, universities continuing to advance. Really what this measures is our, our scientific impact, um, the quality of the work that we do, the amount of scholarship that we do, and the, the impact that that has uh, globally in terms of both generating basic knowledge and, and then also, you know, applying that to solve problems related to food uh, and the environment. And so it's a uh, a real honor for us. I think it speaks well to the long history of what we've done here, but also the innovation that our faculty continue to do uh, with the support of our staff um, in partnership with, with our graduate students. And in many cases, the, uh, the additional help from undergraduate students as well. Uh, Ron, we'll stick with you for a minute and then move into Kelly maybe on academic programs. But for listeners who may not be particularly familiar with the College of Ag and Natural Resources, uh, can you provide a bit of an overview of the scale and scope of uh, not only the programs, but the impact? Yeah, well, we're a pretty diverse college. You know, we have uh, two schools, 10 department and the Institute of Agricultural Technology within the college. We're also the administrative home for Ag Bio Research, which is the, the state's agricultural experiment station and the home for MSU Extension, which of course has a statewide reach and a presence in, in every county. Uh, so we're fairly large, you know, we have a, a, a lot of employees. Um, we have a, around 300 tenure stream faculty and an additional couple hundred faculty who are called fixed term, but in many cases have been with us for 20, you know, or, or even in some cases over 30 years. Um, a little less than 5,000 students altogether, and that's a mix of, of undergraduate students, graduate students, and then our, our certificate students in the Institute of Agricultural Technology. Uh, you know, we're diverse in terms of, you know, we have all the traditional disciplines and agriculture and natural resources you would think of, but we're also home for the School of Packaging, the uh, country's first packaging program, the only one that awards PhDs. We have programs like interior design and others, uh, you know, uh, dietetics, um, 
So we're a, we're a broad and I think uh, very diverse and well-rounded college. Uh, and then of course the presence of, of Ag Research and MSU Extension really help amplify the work that we do in terms of the, the breadth of our research scholarship and our creative endeavors, and then our ability to get the information that we produce out to the communities, uh, out to farms, to families, to individuals um, uh, and communities, you know, cities, both uh, big and small rural areas around the state. Uh, Kelly Mellenbaugh, uh, among your many responsibilities, oh, you've been a long time uh, overseeing the undergraduate and graduate programs. Uh, a little bit more detail on some of those programs and especially how they're doing uh, given all the, the COVID related uh, circumstances that we've had to deal with. Yeah, it's been absolutely quite a year that we have had to navigate as a result of the pandemic. And I cannot extend my thanks enough uh, to our faculty and to our students for their ability to really adjust in what was a very challenging year. Uh, we had to pivot essentially in three days to an online environment, which meant that a lot of our faculty actually had to get trained up on how do you deliver in an online space. And we had a, a large, large number of our faculty doing that. Um, it has been uh, challenging for everybody, but I, I could not tell you more how proud I am of everyone who stepped forward and actually been able to deliver our curriculum uh, to ensure that our students are still having really strong learning environments. Within the college, we've got 20 undergraduate majors, I think as Ron had indicated. And one of the things that's very exciting for us this year in particular, we weren't really sure what we would see in terms of incoming student numbers to the college for fall of 2021. 20, uh, I gotta get my years all straight on this. And our admission, we look at two numbers. We look at admit rates, and then we look at paid deposits. And if you take a look at where we are at compared to 2019 for admit rate, we are almost at 50% higher than 2019 and about 30% higher than 2020. With regard to paid deposits, we are up 15%, almost 16% from 2019 and up about three and a half percent from 2020. So we're very excited about the number of students that we're gonna be bringing into the college in particular at the undergrad level um, that the pandemic hasn't slowed essentially our numbers increasing. Graduate student numbers, they always kind of fluctuate and a lot of that is very much tied to, um, we support the majority of our graduate students on grants. And those students are uh, still coming into our college in pretty good numbers. And again, I think that's a strong testament to our faculty who've been very successful at getting grants even during the pandemic. Uh, Kelly, one thing that listeners may be wondering, the College of Ag and Natural Resources has a wonderful reputation for study abroad programs overseas. I imagine COVID's had a major impact there as well. Uh, what's the status of some of the international programs in terms of uh, study abroad, uh, et cetera? Absolutely. Our education abroad programs definitely were put on pause, um, in particular last summer and most of this summer. Uh, one of the things, though, that we've done is we've been able to, in a variety of different locations, pivot to still delivering some of our programming in an online environment. So during this summer, we will have very few programs that will, again, um, travel internationally. However, we are starting to open that door up for students to start in exchanges starting in this fall. Um, and we're expecting, um, all things considered, that next summer should look pretty typical for us. What we have seen though, is that we also do a lot of programming for 
individuals internationally that are not tied to our education abroad programs. And we have had just some incredible success on delivering online courses, online training sessions to people all over the world uh, in some of these short courses. Uh, most recently, we have a faculty member in PSM who is delivering a program there and has over 20 countries represented as a part of that one course. So we have probably reached even more people as a result of the pandemic and some of the shifts to the online space for those, those courses and short programs. Uh, Ron Hendrick, uh, when one becomes a dean, one expects certain challenges, but certainly not unprecedented challenges like COVID, like the aftermath of the Nasser thing and all of that. Uh, you've confronted those challenges. Uh, you and Kelly have provided leadership uh, across campus. Uh, in, in many important areas. Uh, talk a little bit about the challenges that you faced and uh, the ways that you have, or the strategies you've used to overcome them. Yeah, well, uh, Kirk, we have had our, our share of challenges here. You know, some imposed upon us and, and unfortunately, uh, you know, in some cases, uh, things we've imposed upon ourselves or have made worse. Um, you know, the Nasser challenge uh, certainly, I think, was, you know, fit the ladder. Um, my approach since I got here really was to, to focus on making this a place where people would feel welcome and could come and be their best. Um, you know, it's the, the reason we focused on diversity, but also equity and inclusion. Uh, the work that we got started uh, in 2016 and into 2017, I think, served us well um, in this college. We were able to have open conversations about things that were happening on campus. Uh, we were able to address issues and, and circumstances when people didn't feel that they were welcome or included. But, but similarly, you know, people who are affected directly, and we had a number in this college, or indirectly, um, you know, uh, by the crisis, felt like they had a place where uh, they could uh, feel welcome, where they had support from uh, from their colleagues and from administrators and from their professors or, um, you know, advisors. And so I, th I think the work that we began and continue to that stood us in, in good stead um, and were able to have impact, not just in the college, but as you said, on other parts of campus as well. You know, I think with the, the, the virus here and dealing with that, you know, an important thing has been uh, through this crisis, it feels like we've all from the beginning been rowing in the same direction. Um, you know, and heading towards the same goals. Now, it's not to say that we've done everything perfectly in terms of pe keeping people engaged. You know, it's been very hard to, to help people feel empowered at times during this crisis. Um, you know, there's a lot of things we do well online, but, you know, we're a community, uh, you know, a community of, of teachers and, and coworkers and learners and scholars. And it's hard to keep that sense of community. It's hard sometimes to feel um, included and make things feel equitable. But I think because we've all had the same general end goals in mind, this has been a, a little easier in some respects for us to lead through because of the kind of work that we do in this college and uh, you know exemptions we had from executive and health orders around doing research, for example, to support food and fiber production. Uh, it was essential for us to, to remain as minimally disrupted as we could in much of the work that we, we do. And when the crisis uh, hit and, and the university went largely remote and much of the state shut down, 
you know, that was right near the beginning of the growing season for us. And so really, you know, proud of this college administrators, Kelly and, and others, uh, as well as the faculty and the staff and our students who, you know, um, created protocols, you know, that were adopted and modified by the university so that we could do this work. Uh, who work closely with our stakeholders to ensure that critical things got done. You know, we've not been able to do 100%, um, but some doors have been open for us. Kelly has mentioned some of those. And for the most part, we've been able to keep things going. Um, you know, I, I'm concerned because students have had programs delayed. Faculty have had some of, of you know, parts, important parts of their academic careers. Uh, delayed, you know, or sort of, uh, you know, directed off to the side a little bit. So we've worked hard to try and minimize that. Um, but again, it just feels this time through that we're kind of all working toward the same end goals. Um, and even though it's been, I think, more broadly traumatic to people, um, we at least have, I think, felt to the extent we can uh, that we're still a community, you know, that not just works together, but cares about each other committed to each other's success, um, certainly in, in terms of the work that we do, but you know, even more so now in people's personal lives as you know, through Zoom and other sorts of, of platforms, we've been brought in some ways more intimately into the personal part of our, the, the lives of our colleagues and our students and others. I'm talking with Dr. Ron Hedrick, who is going to be the Dean of the College of Ag and Natural Resources until July 1. And then he becomes the provost and vice president of academic affairs at Texas Tech. And Dr. Kelly Mellenbaugh, senior associate dean for the College of Ag and Natural Resources. And on July 1, we'll take the helm of CNR as interim dean. Uh, Kelly Ron uh, uh, introduced uh, the initiatives in diversity and, and equity and inclusion. Uh, you are the first woman who will, in, in the history of the College of Ag and Natural Resources, uh, to serve in the dean's role. Uh, from your perspective, uh, the, the DEI initiatives uh, at the college and at the university level, uh, how successful have they been? Is there a lot of work to be done? The efforts that have been ongoing in the college in particular over the last couple of years, um, I think have been the absolute best work that the college has done in DEI. We have had others who have done very, very good work in DEI, but I feel as the college has really taken some very significant steps forward over the last couple of years with even more people pulling together um, and working together around diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I feel very confident in the work that's happening. We always, always will have more work to be done. Um, that is something that I think is starting to become more of the fabric of our culture, of the recognition that this is not work that is one person's job, um, and this is not work that ever is done. This is work of all of us to take on and to continue to engage in hard and difficult conversations. And I truly believe more and more people are recognizing it's on all of us to be able to make the necessary changes I think that all of us are looking for and desiring. So I'm looking forward to working with um, the leadership, the faculty, staff, and students to continue the strong work that's been done and to really continue to move it forward. Uh, Kelly, to you and then back to Ron on this, uh, in addition to the DEI initiatives and some of the other things you mentioned, what are some other things uh, in the last four or five years that um, the leadership team is particularly proud of? 
So there are a lot of things that I'm particularly proud of. I think I will go back first to this last year uh, and particularly proud of the college as a whole and how we responded to the pandemic. Uh, we literally were changing and moving on the fly. At times it felt like it was every single minute and it truly did feel like the community as the whole was really pulling together and trying to ensure we were delivering things um, as quickly as possible and as responsive as possible. I think the other thing that I am deeply um, privileged to have watched with the college over the last year or two is the deep concern that everyone has for each other and our mental health, uh, because I believe mental health has taken a significant hit for everyone. And how do we continue to move forward into what will become a very new normal for us um, as we start to return to campus that looks at the whole person and how do we allow whole, whole people to be successful in all aspects of their career, whether it's a student, whether it's a staff member or whether it's a faculty member. Ron, your thoughts on the same and then maybe a few comments about the leadership team that I just mentioned that uh, Kelly uh, will inherit here. Yeah, I, well, I would echo Kelly's comments, um, you know, and, and I, I feel good about a lot of our other successes. You know, we, we have a lot of very distinguished mid-career and late-career faculty in this college, but we've hired some really outstanding uh, early-career faculty as well. And for me, you know, I arrived here at the same time uh, as many of them. So, you know, to be able to kind of watch them progress, to go through reappointment or, or go forward for promotion and tenure. Um, that's been very rewarding to watch and to be able to support and be a part of. Uh, you know, we've had very strong support from our stakeholders and from the legislature. So, you know, the funding we've been able to get uh, with help of advocacy of our stakeholders for the Michigan Alliance for Animal Agriculture, for example, for renovations to our fruit and vegetable lab, uh, to uh, purchase and, and uh, outfit a mobile lab for a food processing program that will allow us not just to deliver the program here, but to our 12 community college partners around the state. I think watching the growth and helping to foster the growth in those partnerships has also been very rewarding. You know, I feel as a land grant that providing access, um, you know, is still an important part of, of what we do and those things that we do on campus and that we do off, uh, off campus in partnership with others, I think um, help to foster that as well as, you know, affordability and make a, a higher education uh, accessible and affordable for all. So I think there are a lot of, of you know, those things uh, to feel pride in, you know, continuing to advance our research and our outreach missions, as well as the teaching, you know, through the various crises to see the support we have in the counties. You know, thanks to the great work done by our extension team, both in terms of programming, but also their advocacy. You know, I think we've had 11 or 12 successful millages uh, passed uh, around the state in the last few years to support the work that we do in MSU extension. So, uh, you know, feeling that that support we have on campus and off and being able to leverage that to advance you know, Michigan's $104 billion, you know, agriculture, natural resources economy, all the people that that employs, the people that keeps fed, um, you know, directly and, and through providing jobs and others, helping business and communities grow. Uh, so much, I think, for us to feel good about, you know, despite the, the difficulties we've faced 
uh, at times over these last uh, four or five years. You know, Ryan, you mentioned a couple of things that, again, most listeners might not be familiar with. I mean, I come out of an arts and letters background when I started working in the College of Ag and Natural Resources. I think there were over 300 stakeholder groups. And then I, over the years, learned the, to appreciate the need to have good relationships with the legislature. Those are not typical things among university colleges. No, they're a little different. That makes uh, you know part of my job and the rest of the administrative teams different. But you know, as you said, very important for us. So uh, it's a team effort. You know, not just uh, me, but you know, Kelly plays an important role there. Uh, Doug Bueller, Director of Ag Bio Research, and and our Assistant VP for for Research and Innovation here. George Smith, Associate Dean for Research in the College and Associate Director for, for Ag Bio Research. Uh, Dr. Quentin Tyler, who joined us as our Associate Dean and Director for Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and has had a couple other hats, and now including uh, you know, an appointment as uh, uh, MSU Extension Director, which is where Quentin got his start in, in one of his real passions. So all these folks work together uh, Dr. Drew Montreuil, our government stakeholder relations person. I could go on and on. Our communications team, our development team, um, you know, they all do a great job uh, in helping us stay connected with each other and with those stakeholders. Uh, we certainly benefit from state support for higher education through the general fund, but the special allocations that we get to support the work of MSU Extension and and MSU Ag Bio Research allow us to do important work in this state, but also allow us to leverage those dollars, you know, for an additional three or four dollars to help support programming, to help support scholarship, um, you know, in, in the work that we do here. And it's a very uh, complicated college, a complicated environment, and I'm grateful to have a leadership team where uh, everybody pulls together for the common good, recognizing that we can't afford, you know, to let one of our three mission areas, the outreach and engagement, the teaching, and the research, you know, to fall behind any of the others. There's also interdependent. Kelly, as, uh, as you take the helm on July the 1st, uh, looking ahead, what do you see as some of the major opportunities and challenges uh, that, uh, that you'll face and uh, deal with and um, perhaps take advantage of? So I think a lot of the listeners probably are aware that we experienced a couple of weeks ago a fire at our, our dairy farm. And while um, that was uh, traumatic and dramatic, uh, we actually had a, a group of faculty who've actually been looking at what would it take for us to re-envision a new dairy. Uh, and I think there's an opportunity here under the leadership of uh, George Smith and Barry Bradford and Annette O'Connor out of the College of Vet Med to really start to move that forward. We've had some really good discussions with the provost and members of the board of trustees who've also had the opportunity to come out and visit to see that it's time for us to really be focusing on that new dairy, not only for research, but also for teaching and to enhance our outreach and extension. So I'm hopeful that we will continue to be able to move that forward, potentially at a bit more uh, expedited rate. Um, so that we can move into a state-of-the-art dairy facility to really enhance the work that we're doing and expand um, the, the high-quality work around research and teaching that's already happening in those spaces. That one definitely sits front and center for me. Uh, there are other things that we'll continue to work on, which includes our greenhouses. Um, that's been something that we also have needed to uh, see some improvement in. 
And we've got a lot of people who have been advocating and pushing for that, not only here at MSU, but with our stakeholders who have been just phenomenal partners in helping us with regard to some of our infrastructure needs. And un uh, not unlike other institutions, you know, our infrastructure is probably one of our greatest challenges, uh, just like any other university. And there will likely be other things that we will need to start focusing in on to ensure that we do have some of those state-of-the-art um, spaces for teaching and research. You know, Kelly, I, I'm just gonna toss this out because it's much in the news and there's a lot of buzz around regenerative agriculture, particularly as it relates to water and biodiversity and all the things that you're aware of. Uh, you have people like Jason Roundtree and others uh, on board there, but uh, any initiatives in the works with respect to regenerative? You know, so one of the things I think about with regard to I'll take the dairy facility as an example, when you think about that, that for us to think about that simply as a dairy complex would be very limited in our scope. It is really about, yes, the dairy complex, but it is tied to water. It is tied to manure management, nutrient management. It's tied to climate change. There are so many other things that are really reflected and represented in, in those types of activities that we are trying to move forward. So same thing, as we think about some of these other initiatives, it's, it's much more than a one-off. It is multiple prongs that are tied in to try to benefit different areas that we really have an interest in protecting and caring for. Ron, please jump in if there's anything else that I'm missing on that. No, I think you've covered that pretty well, Kelly. It's, um, it's encouraging, you know, I think, Kirk, as we always have, this college is at the forefront, uh, you know, of trying to address many of the challenges we have in producing food and fiber to support a, you know, a growing country and a, and a growing world, as well as looking for opportunities uh, within that space as well. Well, Rod, as we wrap this up, and again, I really appreciate, Russ and I very much appreciate your time uh, today, but some parting thoughts for uh, our listeners out there uh, as you prepare to move to the Southwest. Uh, well, you know what, offer, I, I guess, you know, um, uh, an ask to continue to support um, not just what we do at, uh, here at Michigan State and in this college, but higher ed generally in, uh, in this state. Um, you know, this is a state with a lot of opportunity and a lot of need as well. And, and I think higher ed has a very important role to play there you know, uh, would ask for continued support from our stakeholders. You know, Kelly and the rest of the leadership team are well known to them, so I don't expect any disruption in any of the kind of work that we do. Um, but, you know, support to keep kind of pushing the frontiers here. Uh, you know, Kirk, as you know, I'm a two-time graduate of this college and this university, so, um, you know, I have vested interest in uh, in its success while I'm here, and I will uh, certainly be vested as well as watching from afar, you know, from Lubbock, Texas. Um, you know, it's uh, it's been a very rewarding experience for me here. I wasn't looking to leave, but opportunities, as they tend to do, came along. Uh, the more I explored, the more it uh, looked like a good fit for me, and I think for the university. So um, I'm hoping to take things that I've learned and experienced here and other places and and work with the colleagues and the faculty and staff at Texas Tech to put that to greater benefit for them as well, just as, as we've done those things here. Well, Ryan, we all wish you well. Uh, we're gonna miss you, but I can say uh, unequivocally that you're leaving the college in very, very good hands as you depart 
for Lubbock, Texas. Thanks, Kirk. I feel the same way. I've been talking with Dr. Ron Hendrick, Dean of the College of Ag and Natural Resources and soon to be Provost and Vice President of Academic Affairs at Texas Tech. And Dr. Kelly Mellenbaugh, Senior Associate Dean of the College of Ag and Natural Resources. And on July 1, she will take the helm of CANR as the interim dean. Uh, thanks so much to both of you for your time and uh, very best wishes from all of us at MSU today.